The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. It gives me great pleasure, though, uh, first and foremost, to welcome to the show Porrick Harrington. Uh, Porrick, um, you are very, very welcome, and thanks a million for taking the time to speak to us. Um, lots of people will have seen you on their social media feeds in recent days. A video of you went viral doing an interview at an event uh, talking about uh, kids and your own kids and and uh, stoking in them a love of golf or a love of sport. For people who didn't see it, what was, what was your message? Uh, you know, it was, and I'm not saying I got it right at all with my own kids, but, uh, you know, as I look back, uh, it's much more important for kids to have a love of, of a sport if they're going to get good at it rather than to try and get good first and then get a love for it. Because what we tend to see happen is, particularly in golf, it's very evident, there's lots of plateaus. And if kids don't love it when they plateau, they'll start doing something else, they'll give it up. Whereas if they love it, they'll fight through it. So it's, I think we're all anxious as parents. We see our kids playing a sport and we want them to get good so quickly. And we're, we jump in and try and help. And a lot of time, <clears throat> I've talked to my own kids about this, as well-meaning your help is, and even if you're an expert, as I, I would consider I am in golf, any advice comes across as criticism. That's mm. the way kids see it. And the reason we give the advice is because we're in such a hurry for them to get good quickly. Where the, 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 There's no rush on a kid. But there's none at all. They will get there at their own pace. There's never a rush on it. And we, we want to teach them, oh, do this right now and you'll be better now or next week. Whereas they have time. And once they love it, they will play forever. And and what we tend to see coming back is parents come to me at golf and they say, you know, how do I get my kid to play more golf? He seems to be talented. You know, I want him to, you know, to to keep playing because his talent is good enough that he should be a pro or whatever that, that mm. sort of goal. When it comes to being a professional at a sport, most parents will tell you when they're a teenager, all they're trying to do is stop them playing because they're so passionate they, they see nothing else but their sport. So if, if you're trying to get your kid to play, you probably should stop thinking about them being a professional and just think about them, hey, let's see if they can enjoy their sport because kids who are going to be like at an elite standard, mm. they have a passion that's unstoppable. And you, you kind of, you told these or shared these maybe anecdotes uh, might be the wrong description, but uh, these experiences of, of bringing kids maybe to play a few holes of golf and before they start kind of <coughs> hacking the ball into the trees uh, to, to wrap things up while they're still having fun and go and have a, a can of yeah. Coke or a Pepsi or an yeah. ice cream, you know, create, creating a positive memory that will echo with them. Yeah, in golfing terms, the, the keys are you don't bring them somewhere where you're stressed. So yeah. the kids pick up on the parents being stressed. When they're playing, let them do what they want. It's so early. Just let them do what they want. If they want to go, like in golfing again, if they want to go fish for in the, in the river or, or look in the river or look for golf balls or play in the bunker, be in an environment that can do that. Like I started off playing in pitch and putt golf courses. There's lots of stuff like that. Ireland is quite good for that because there are smaller, lower, like I played a lot. I know Marley Par 3 is closed now, but I would have played there. There's lots of places to go a little bit more low key where there's no formal dress codes. Once kids start to like it, they'll then search out what they want to do in golf or, or other sports. So stress-free. And at the end of it, as it's the two things you pointed out there, don't wait for your kids to be tired. Try and bring them home and blame somebody else. Oh, we have to be home for dinner. Something yeah. like that. And, and bring them so that they, they want to go back. That's kind of like the gym format, you know, when you when everybody with their good intentions will start off in the gym on the 1st of January. 
after five or six days, they'll be burnt out. But they'd be far better off going for 20, 30 minutes and leaving when they feel good rather than being tired. And the same with kids. If you bring them when they're bring them away when they're feeling good, they'll want to come back. And the last thing I would say, and I, I see this with myself now so much, there's many things we do in our adult life. Like I can't drive. If I, if I have a long drive going somewhere, the one thing I have to do on that drive is stop at a petrol station and get a 99. Because that's what I did as a kid. Yeah, I, I sure, I surely don't like ninety nines that much. But you have to do it because it's a childhood memory, and it's kind of like that with sport. If you can take ten, fifteen minutes after at the end, and this is another good reason for leaving early, sit there with your your son or daughter, uh, have an ice cream, have a Coca Cola, whatever it is, have a, a, a ten, fifteen minutes of you time. Uh, you know, big boy time, whatever you want it, you know, where it's just a child and the parent, they'll never forget it. Yeah. And every time they go back to that sport, what they're really remembering is the time they had alone with their parents where it was just them. It wasn't them and their brothers. It wasn't them and any, it was just them having a great time with their parents. And that's what we'll keep bringing them back. And with golf, what we're finding is, you know, my kids are going to play the game for 90 years, hopefully. You know, there'll be a hundred when they're playing it. So, Every time I hope they go back to playing golf. And my kids are just starting to get a little bit of a bug for it now that in a hundred years time, they still remember time that they spent with their parents because of golf. Yeah, that, that that is one of the great things about the sport, particularly, you know, for people my age, I know, who drift away from it because you've got young kids and it's busy and it takes time, you know, and, and, and lots of golf clubs in Ireland have problems with membership around that age. But, you know, you can go back and you can go back and you can play until you're kind of being carted out or being carried out of the place. Um, was was the advice you gave, was it born of personal experience? I mean, how good were you with the kids? Uh, I think it's what I've seen over my own life. Uh, I, you know, I, I made a colossal mistake with my kids. We travelled the world. I'd say that to any parent, and do not bring your kids travelling the world with their kids. They don't remember. Well, I travelled the whole world. I've been to China, all over the place with my kids. They have no interest. Two weeks down in Kerry as a holiday is something they'll remember as, mm. a, as a kid. Not not two weeks traveling around China. They just, you know, kids like simple things. You know, we grew up, I know it's tougher now for kids, but, you know, we went out and played football on the field across the road. That's that's the summertime. We we spent the whole summer up at the golf course. Uh, luckily, my parents were involved with the golf, so they were there as well. But it was it was something to do bringing your kids, you think, you know, you're being nice, bringing your kids away for a month or two, as I did three months of the summer holidays to travel full time. But the routine of staying at home is that if, if they want to get into something is much better for them. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and if you're going to bring your kids around the world, wait till they're certainly teenagers or above where they can somewhat enjoy mm. uh, the places they go. I, I, I doubt many people listening will, will will face that challenge. I guess for most people, the advice is don't chase perfection through your kids. Chase enjoyment and fun, is it? Yeah, well, I was very lucky. My dad was obviously a top-class footballer, so he had no interest. He wasn't living his career to, through me. Uh, so I was out there just playing golf solely for the game of golf, not not for him. I think parents, in the best meaning, some are not good enough to coach, but every even the ones who are good, we're just so focused on helping as quickly as possible. Whereas if we take the long view and realise they've got plenty of time. I, I, I've got to say, I, I, I saw the best social experiment ever. I, I lived through the best social experiment there ever. So I went to Ballyrone Boys National School, mm. fourth class, fourth class, 10 years of age. 
Mr. O'Brien, who was in the 30, so two classes of 30, started a basketball program. That program started with the seven best players from the Gaelic and Hurling team. But of course, the Gaelic and, and Hurling coaches managed to mix up the time scales. So the, the <laughs> schedules. So, so no, no, no guy, no, uh, nobody on the football or hurling team could play basketball anymore. So the basketball team was left with the kids who did not play sport. The little kids, the weaker kids, the smaller kids, the nerdy kids, whatever you want to say, the ones who did not make it to the football or hurling got to play basketball. Mr. O'Brien took those guys into secondary school, nothing to do with the Cosina, and those guys went on to win the All-Ireland Championships in basketball and went on for scholarships and to play for Ireland. Those wow. kids would never, they would never have played sport. They would never got an opportunity to play Gaelic football because they just weren't ready at that stage and they weren't getting again. So you just don't know with a kid who's going to love it. And, and, and you know, I was fascinated with this. We used to joke about them. Like these kids never went anywhere in the whole of secondary school where they were not holding a basketball. They, I remember watching in the leaving cert, one of them had it under his table. Like, <laughs> This is like, but they, they, I suppose because they were included, they loved it. And because they loved it, they got good enough. And, and Clash Dana had no basketball program. So they went from being zero basketball to being uh, All-Ireland champions as a school, just with this one program. And, and obviously the, the interest in the follow-on programs, obviously the best athletes started to choose to play basketball. But at that stage, it was just give kids an opportunity, let yeah. them enjoy it. And they'll they'll figure a way. They're much better than we think. We just in such a hurry to get them good, and it's it's wrong. Just let them play. And by the way, I don't agree with participation medals. I agree with everybody gets to play, and you figure out a challenge for every mm. kid that that they're interested. In. It, that's interesting because you know the the challenge in, in lots of team sports, and it's happening at a younger younger age. Is the pressure to kind of create elite squads. You see it like at, you know, under sixes, well, maybe not under sixes, under sevens and certainly under eights, it happens in some sports. You know, let, let's yeah, well, let's it, hive off the players we think are best and let them play together. Well, it, it's it's a mistake. If you want to have the best team at, at, at 20 years of age, 18 years of age, you want to have the biggest number of volume of players you can get. Yeah, It's a, it's a, it's a numbers game. So the kid at six could be small, but his parents could be six foot two. You just don't, you know, <laughs> you don't know who, when they're going to have that growth spurt, when they're going to have that interest. But I will say, you know, I, I used to see it in, 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 in our own training. You, you could put 20 people in a line and do a sprint, 20 meter sprint. 18, 17 of the guys wouldn't try because they can't win. Yeah. You know, maybe two or three actually put in an effort. So a coach should be figuring out, okay, well, the, the tenth, they nearly have a ladder system. The tenth and eleventh kids should run off against each other because yeah. they'll try damn hard. Once you can win, you will. Tr- it's amazing with kids if they can't, if they know they can't win, they won't try. But if they know they can beat the person next, and even some kids who you think aren't competitive will try like hell once they have a chance. So there's no point in putting a small kid in against a kid that's the same age as him, but it's nearly two years ahead of him in, in say physicality. He won't try, you know, unless he can win. So you, you, that's the tough thing. for It's not about elite uh, sports and things like that. It's about grading them so that everybody is feeling a challenge and everybody will 
figure that they can keep improving and not challenging. Well, listen, before I let you go, I, 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 tomorrow, Ger Gilroy from Off the Ball will be in with me as he is every Friday, looking back on, on the year that was in, in, in sport. That's the topic of conversation. When it comes to golf, I guess we'll talk about where golf finds itself at the end of the year with Liv and John Ram and everything else. How would you describe the the state of the game? Yeah, we're we're, we're obviously in tur- turmoil at the moment, and I think the, the the big issue is there's two points to this. You, you you still have the moral issue when it comes to Liv, and then you have the competitive side. The competitive side for me is quite easy. I think there's plenty of room in golf for two big tours. I think I don't particularly like the best players playing all the time in the same events. I much prefer them kept apart and brought together. I don't think there was no more drama in golf this year than Rory McIlroy playing Patrick Reed on the Monday playoff in Dubai mm. because one's live, one's one's the good against the bad. You know, <laughs> the white we, cowboys we and it. the black cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or when you go to the Masters, you haven't seen Cam Smith play in months and you want to see how he is against the other guys. I think that's great for drama. So sporting-wise, I have no problem with separation of, of having two leagues. Uh, you know, how that works, that's complicated. I, I, I'd have some ideas myself. I know from a commercial TV point, the PGA Tour would like, well, I don't think, not, sorry, not the PGA Tour, certainly I'm putting words in their mouth, but the, I think golf would like the idea, say the Spanish Open would like to be able to have John Ram play. Mm. Uh, it'd be devastation for them and the European. So I personally would actually give, you know, four invites back to live every tournament. And if their four best players or or whatever level of player wants to come at that category, just so homegrown players can play their home events. Uh, and and on, on top of that, I'd probably give give a team to the PGA Tour and and, and a team to the European Tour on live, and say here we've got eight players or four players each any week you want to have on our tour. And, but I don't mind separate tours. So it's, e- it's it's a lot easier to separate the competitive side of this. Like there's there's solutions yeah. to that. Uh, the, the moral side is 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 incredibly deep. You know, every individual has their has an absolute right to operate on their own moral standing. So if a player does not want to play, he doesn't have to play, and nobody should ever force somebody to do what they don't want to do. As a group thing, you know, the problem is the tour and everybody has to act for the greater good of all the players. Uh, and, and that, you know, that has to take morals out of it, has to take religion out of it, has to take a lot of things out of it when you start operating on a business sense. You know, if, if Saudi Arabia, if we're allowed, to, if, if our government wants to trade with Saudi Arabia, they're quite entitled to come back and buy any asset they like and trade and do mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. It's not for us to stop them doing it. But individually, clearly you could do what you like. You don't have to. Uh, but I can see why, the you know, why the PJ Tour or, or any tour or any business, they, they you know, there's no reason they have to operate for everybody. They can't take take that individual stance that clearly an individual can do. So morally, it's much more complicated. But the, the business side of it or the competitive side, that that, that can be worked out. There's, there's, there's solutions to that. Yeah. Listen, Parik, happy Christmas. Thank you very much. I look forward to a nice a nice holidays and I wish everybody uh, I should say happy Christmas. I'm in America at the moment so holidays. Happy holidays. holidays so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So <laughs> a Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you very much uh, Park. Listen, it's been a real, real pleasure. Uh, Park Harrington uh, there's The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.